Hey friends, it's Jace. Oh yes, it's Char. And you're tuned in to Kiss and Tell Radio. Cool, well we're actually going. We're live. From What's the 305. Or the 951. Or where are we at one? The 951. That's the ID <laughs> we're on from, my bad. Where the hell? <laughs> Riverside. 213-330. We are certainly not there. 323 What's up guys? How you doing? Hi. Good, good. Um, so first and foremost, I just want to thank the Mayfair Hotel, the historic Mayfair downtown, Mayfair Hotel downtown. We've been recording here for the last, what, four or five times? Yeah. And it has been so accommodating. It's so a beautiful hotel. So I love beautiful. them because they handle, I can be a little erratic and they handle me <laughs> just right. Wait, so what happened? Thanks. Did I miss something? You know, the emails. Like, oh, yes. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's been an email thread that's been going on for the past like month or so. But everyone's so sweet here. So, again, shout out to the Mayfair Hotel. Mm-hmm. And the sh- Korean chicken wings. They definitely look good. I'll tell you that. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. We had, last time Jason and I had spicy, what was that? Spicy tuna tacos and Korean chicken mm-hmm. wings. Yes. It was bomb. <laughs> well, I know you're all here in extra voice. Per the usual, we have a guest this week, mm-hmm. Tyler Jake. Let me read his bio, and then we'll get right into the conversation. (laughs) So East Coast born and bred Tyler Jacob is a singer-songwriter who got his start in the industry after being discovered by an indie label named Kempire Records. Not Empire. Kempire. Kempire with a K. Oh. Okay. (laughs) Tyler's passion to sing, write, and perform his own music in English and Spanish pushed him to move to New York City to pursue his career. Shortly after, he released released his first single, Face to Face, Tyler toured the East Coast promoting his single and even opened up for Grammy Award winner Brandy the Norwood. Yes, I love her. Oh, okay. God. <laughs> now, due to creative differences, Tyler and Kempire Records eventually parted ways. Tyler continued to pursue his artistic ventures. In 2014, he played multiple voiceovers, debuting his acting skills in William Shakura's hit film, Egg of Darkness. In late 2016, Tyler was flown down to the ATL, shawty, where he was handpicked out of 3,000 people and signed to be a season one cast member of VH1's Signed, which also starred Rick Ross, Lenny S., and The Dream. Yes. All right. After returning to Atlanta, Tyler's desire to explore fashion, the fashion world led him to partnering with his late fiance, Michael Mann, who was a well-known celebrity creative director who passed away due to suicide last year. Um, And together you all co-styled, what was the name? Ty Ty Mann. Okay, Mm -hmm. Ty Mann. And that allowed you to, to, uh, the opportunity to work with some of the industry's biggest names like Saweetie, Lil Mama, Christina Milian, Melanie Fiona, Shantae Moore, Brandy the Norwood and even the legendary girl group my personal phase yeah. in Vogue and more <laughs> Tyler fell into a deep depression after losing his fiance but still continued to work in both music and fashion this past February Tyler flew back to the East Coast to announce his return to music by producing his very own sold out show at the legendary Rockwood Music Hall come on sold out <laughs> his EP Alien 6.6 yes my birthday all right, mm-hmm. which you consider genreless is scheduled for a release early this fall, yes. this year. Yes, yes. When is the release date? Uh, the release is technically November, but I'm tired of giving people dates. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, things mm-hmm. Yes. Change. Yes. So I've learned my lesson to you know get the things fully prepared for fully. release first. Even yes. though, listen, the songs have been recorded for years. Okay. But um, but 
as far as release, we I, I'm one of those people I have to do it the right way. Yes. So I'm just not gonna put music out. Do there it the right way yeah. or don't do it mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> that was fucking. So lovely. so you know November is the tentative month. Uh, but again, you know that could it could be a situation where I wake up in the morning and say I don't really want to release it in November. So Maybe I want to do 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, Tyler. Thank I really you guys appreciate for it. Oh my god, I'm ring so that thankful. bell, Shar. <laughs> <laughs> now, Tyler, I know I've known you for a few uh, years, yeah, which we're gonna get into time, when yeah. we interview you. But I've known you. How, how many years is it? You uh, you came over to about five years now to maybe? North Hills for a game night we sure and did. oh yes we had a great time oh yes <laughs> game night turned up yeah. what game, kind of game night <laughs> oh what kind of games you playing oh uh, we played the norm like Uno, Uno. Taboo, we were playing Taboo Heads Up yeah but we used to throw uh-huh. a hell of a game night if, let, let me tell you something when when I had roommates we had a big ass living room big. Mm-hmm. and lots of time. And lots of company, and, lots and of we fun. and lots of fun. <laughs> there was small bites and yep. and and drinks. Lots of drinks, and we would have legitimate mm-hmm. game nights because we find you know we're mid we're Midwesterners, mm-hmm. and we found that a lot of people on the East Coast, I mean on the West Coast, excuse me, just weren't having like game right. nights. Right, they to go to rage, right, or even get-togethers, and right, even, and or even get-togethers, yeah. yeah. And if they were, we I certainly didn't know about it. I didn't know about it. But yeah. so yeah, we we had a, a ball. DL. So uh, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, mm-hmm. everyone. In case you didn't know, pull out your pink ribbon because it's time. Yes, wear your pink and um, yeah. go get your mammograms. And this applies to men and women. I mean, Matthew Knowles was just on Good Morning America Wednesday morning, sitting down with Michael Strahan, revealing that he found out that he was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. Mm-hmm. I think he's okay now, but you know, uh, now that that gene is there, it it can affect Beyonce, Solange, his other children, mm-hmm. grandchildren. <laughs> the others. Um, and so, yeah, you got to take care of yourself. Feel, matter of fact, stop what you're doing right now and feel your boobs. And feel your breasts. And that's gender. <laughs> right. Me and Tyler just grabbed right. our titties. And that's gender neutral. <laughs> um, so, Weekend Roundup, a really quick week- Weekend Roundup. JC, you want to go first? Um, yeah. So, I ventured off to Temecula, California, if you don't know where that is. It's the wine country. So, it's like Southern California's Napa. Um, and my parents actually live out there on a farm. And yes. so, I was... I had a really rough trip to New York this week before, and then we had Emmys, and so I was just, it was just really crazy. So I needed to get out of LA for a while, yeah. mm-hmm. and so I just <laughs> packed up the Prius and we hit it down the 15 freeway, ended up in Temecula. So spent time with my parents, um, and then we went to a couple of wineries, a couple of nice dinners, and it was cool. It was chill. It was necessary because I felt like when I got back, I was able, I was in a different headspace because it's just if you don't take a time to just disconnect oh yeah you'll go fucking store crazy absolutely and yeah so, you gotta unplug yeah and plus family is always good our family is like number one yeah mm-hmm. what about you tyla <sighs> i've had a pretty uh, busy week this week uh i was fortunate enough to perform at the house of blues in anaheim oh so I did that the day before yesterday it was okay. super fun yeah i had so much i had a great time Saw a lot of great people. The well, those who came out, thank you so much. Um, That's in Orange County. That's a mission. Yeah, it was definitely a mission to get there. Yeah. Um, but it's a beautiful venue. Mm-hmm. So if you guys haven't checked it out, please check it out. House my brother Blues. performed there last month. Uh, yeah, uh, I was there with my homie of mine. His name is Rick Starr, um, who I'm also releasing a single with. So this week has been like craziness oh, gosh. on uh, going on tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called the Unbothered Tour. And so we've been preparing for that. Yes, Today we, we were actually at a ranch oh. uh, right before here. So that's what took so long. We were in Calabasas. Oh. 
Oh. <laughs> I'm actually on my way to Calabasas after this. Literally right after uh-huh. this. Pray for him in this oh, traffic. No, the traffic is sickening here now. Like, you know what? Government, you guys need to fix that. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's get some more Come lanes on, government or shout out. Yeah. <laughs> we need to fix that. Because, like, the traffic, it's there's no reason why it takes you 15 minutes to get two miles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been wild. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've been preparing for my tour. A lot of rehearsals. A lot of... um meet and greet with a lot of different people to get some business stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's, I'm just, I'm up and up, just, you know, focusing okay, on my career and getting things moving. Yeah. And now, where are you originally from on the East Coast, really Camden, quickly? Camden, New Jersey. Camden, oh, New Jersey. Oh, that's North South. Uh, that is South Jersey. Ooh. But, um, I used to live in Weehawken, but, you know, it's like, that, it's like 45 minutes. And I used to live in Asbury yeah. Park. Yeah, so all Jersey. No, I did. Oh, I, I did. Say Jersey I'm like, what? I did. <laughs> I did. Shout out to Wendy's. But so, yeah, <laughs> me personally, I didn't really do anything this weekend. Um, those of you who know, I'm working on something and I know I've been, you know, teasing it and whatever. But I've been working on something and literally binging uh, Designing Women on Hulu. Yes. That's literally what I've been doing. I just entered the last season. How is it? It's good. I mean, it, it has its ups and downs, but it's the thing with me. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to this when you binge a show, especially while you're simultaneously maybe working on something or even getting through something as it winds down. I, I get anxiety because it's about to be it, over. Right. Like I'm, so I'm in like, the last season. No season. Right. I'm in the last X. season right now. And I love me some Julia Sugarbaker. Yeah. I just love all of them. <laughs> I love I, it. Just and it's, it's from what year? It's it started in '86 and ended in '91. So and it takes place as four women in Georgia and Atlanta, Georgia, at a design firm, um, and it's problematic in a lot of ways. They had well, an I episode mean, the with 80s. yeah, there was an episode with blackface. The oh. one black character was uh, when he was first introduced. He kept referring to his unfortunate incarceration oh, wow. as he had gotten out of jail and stuff. But they clean it up. They clean it up. So because thanks to Mary <laughs> Jo and things like as it progressed, they became um, a little bit more woke to be early 90s i'm definitely gonna check it out it's like the golden girls cousin twice oh, removed and i love golden girls <laughs> yeah and i also uh worked the red carpet for dolomite which hey. is eddie murphy's mm. new movie wow, congrats and thank you and i got a chance to interview him i got a chance to interview wesley snipes Lumel, yeah. um so many different people uh titus love oh, titus you, if you can remember when titus went viral with uh watch what happens live yeah, with andy, with andy cohen, cohen like keep going girl do your show it was based off andy asking him a question about this movie mm-hmm. oh, wow. so dolomite will be released in select theaters today which is october 4th friday october 4th and then it'll be on netflix on friday october 25th That's so you got to check do. that out and it tells the story of Dolomite. If you don't know who he is, he's considered the godfather of hip hop. Look him up, and this is a, a movie that you don't want to miss. It's, it's it was pretty cute. I saw the sequel. Um, ooh, Raging he has Tor- eight movies. Oh, really? It was yeah. a sequel to the Dolomite. It was like something tornado, I but think Java's eight. in the movie playing herself. Okay, mm-hmm. nice, nice. They show actual clips of the movie, like when it's over. It's one of those things mm-hmm. like Dolomite went on to so and so, and so it shows actual clips because. Eddie and the cast remade because it's telling the story about how he started his first film. Right. And so they remade a lot of those scenes. And so they show you the real scene mm. at the end type that thing. That bed that'd be shaking. Oh, I, lo- I would love to watch mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I also he didn't get a chance him. to start the the politician, which is Ryan Murphy's new show that's on Netflix. Mm. Everyone's been talking about. I mean, it, the cast alone sucked me in. You see Paltrow, <laughs> like Jessica Lange. Like, right. It's so many good people a part of this cast, but I have not gotten around to it yet. But it's probably because I don't want to break my streak. Oh, yeah, you're on I can't roll. leave the sugar bakers just yet. <laughs> 
So well, now um, you need something else to been watch. Right, yeah, <laughs> right. well, that will give me something else. I hope I like it though, because child, the girls have been tweet tweet. I mean, Ryan Murphy. So they don't like it. Um, it's oh, been getting no. mixed reviews. Some of it's, it is as asinine as casting. Like Ryan, these people are clearly in their mid thirties, and you're trying to pass them off as high schoolers. Oh, you did well. so well with Glee. What happened uh, with this? Uh. So, speaking of bingeable shows, did you all hear about Dear White People? No. It was just announced that next season will be its last season. No surprise. Yep, the fourth and final season. They just announced it today. I'm someone who watches Dear White People. I've watched all three seasons. Um, I mean, Godspeed to the cast. I really enjoy the cast, and I like a lot of the material within the show. And so it'll be interesting to see the send off. That's not for me. Yeah. Anytime I see a show like this, like ending, it always makes me sad because I'm like, yeah, Oh, well, all those people losing jobs. Well, grab a well, tissue because Uh-oh. claws is about to end as well. Niecy what? Nash's claws. That's oh. on um, TNT. They're no. entering their fourth and final Carucci. season. Yeah. <laughs> Carucci. Carucci and all the girls. Wow. Um, so Claus <laughs> will be rapping as well. Now, an interesting topic that I had to bring to this table. Oh, my gosh. Now my <laughs> internet wants to act up. I just had everything queued up. So I'll provide a backstory while I'm waiting for the story to load. So Erica Campbell, who is one half of the gospel duo Mary, Mary, Mary. Mary. Shackles on my feet so, so I can dance. Now, listen. Mary, <laughs> Mary is problematic. But they got some hits to stick like grits. No, Mary, really Mary do. got some bops. Mary, Mary I would honestly it. say they're definitely legends in the gospel game. Like yes. All the hip hop, that fusion. Few, oh, right. yeah. yeah. So Erica has been on a promotional tour promoting her new book, More Than Pretty, which is in <coughs> bookstores now. And she recently, like I caught her on the Tamron Hall show because I watched that. I love Tamron Hall's new talk show. If you all follow me on Twitter, you see me tweeting about it. I really do enjoy that show. But she stopped by The Breakfast Club, which is a show that I do not watch. And uh, she said some pretty, um, is raising some eyebrows, some of the things that she said about masturbation. Mm. So the transcript goes as follows. DJ Envy says, you talked about self-love. You talked about self-pleasuring. And you said, quote, where does God go? When you're self-pleasuring. Erica responded, this, I'm only going to read some of her response. She said, where does he go? Somebody asked me the question, was it wrong? Was it right? I know some churches say for the brothers, it'll keep you from slipping up. Go ahead and handle that yourself. I've heard women say, I take care of myself before I go, I go out on a date. She went on <laughs> to say, um... Like being Mary Jane. That it's cheap. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people do it. But she says that having sex with yourself is basically cheapening the experience. She said, I think it's about purity, which is a trigger word, you know, in the church. Yes. Purity happens before the actual action, whatever you, with whatever you do, whatever you watch, whatever you listen to, whatever you do with yourself, your mind being a place of purity is very crucial. But I think in our society today, everything is sexualized. You could be selling chicken. There'd be a pair of boobs there. It's just everywhere. So I think guarding your mind and guarding your thoughts and treating sex and sexuality as something beautiful that God created that's supposed to be beautiful and otherworldly and you come together with somebody with your lives together it's not so cheap I'm trying to find oh this is what I wanted to read she said I don't I just don't think it's supposed to be done by yourself I got an amazing fine husband so I don't have to 
I got a husband there. Now, I know for singles it might be a different story, but there are married people who would just rather handle it themselves. And I can't imagine what your husband feels like. Now I got to compete with your toys. It's too much. So what are you all's thoughts? Um, and she also went on to say, I do want to say, to be fair to her, she says she ain't trying to judge nobody, but indeed she it did sound a little judgy. Girl, fuck on. Right. So what are you all's <laughs> thoughts on this uh, about masturbation being linked to impurity and, um, and where is God in this? Jace, I'm gonna add, I'm gonna throw to you as the as the PK in the mm-hmm. room. I'm <laughs> um, going to throw to you. So this kind of reminds me. I actually visited my home church. Um, it was this year sometime, maybe Mother's Day something, and there was a part in the service where the whole congregation stands up and reads this this plaque on the wall, and it's like, I will not do pornography. I will not look at a pornography. I will not indulge in adult beverages or drugs and it just reminded me of the trauma from childhood of mm. uh, the no no no's don't do this because it's uh, not of god because it is a sin and people do it anyways and like i don't understand the correlation between pleasuring yourself and you to know your body or whatever and how in, how that's impure um and i think it's a little bit because not everyone is going to get married like people, that's kind of imposing. Like, okay, marriage is the only way to go. The only right way to go. It's the only godly way to go. But people will stay single for years and forever if that's yeah. the case. I mean, are animals impure because they masturbate? Well, right, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I mean, different set of rules, I guess. Yeah, you know, I mean, my my personal opinion on that topic is like, especially me going from a relationship to being single. Mm-hmm. I know that in a relationship. I can see how that could become not impure, but maybe like. Okay, you have a mate. If your mate is asking for something sexual, then you know you guys can figure that out. But as far as like thinking that is unpure, I think that's kind of unfair because there are a lot of single people out there. There are a lot of people who like to be alone, and if they want to please themselves, I don't. I just don't see the issue with it. Listen, if it's on my body, I'm gonna right. do with it what I please. Okay. And and on right. And on top of that, That my opinion, I think that a lot of this is rooted in patriarchy. That's just what it boils down to. It's it's rooted in, uh, you know, women. The purity conversation is always centered around women. It is never, even though she was trying to be diplomatic in her stance. But the masturbation talk is never really, it's kind of expected out of men. You well, know, right? Because it's, I mean, rub it's one that, out. Right. Even even as a kid, I remember it being something was just like you know, just go jerk off or something. Yeah. You know I mean? Like or it, saying it in a way like joking around, like no one had an issue with men jerking off. But I've, for, like you saying that, I remember also as my, my I have a little sister, mm-hmm. and I remember that topic coming up, and then it being like the end of the world for that to even. Well, kind of, sort of. I remember mm-hmm. one of my cousins in the barber shop. Not to derail the conversation, but I remember he was having a breakout, and his barber called them pussy bumps. Oh you need God. to go get some pussy. <laughs> oh. My cousin was fifteen. You need man. to go get. But I'm like, but if it were, and this man had a daughter. If your daughter had a breakout, would you call them dick bumps? Dick you need bumps. to go get, go some, get dick? some dick at the age of 15. <laughs> so it's, it's always this double standard, but it, yeah. it's, it's really, really big in the church. And I just find that this type of rhetoric is harmful because I don't think... It causes trauma. You need to know yeah. how your body works. And I think there's a statistic that says like 80% of cisgender heterosexual women do not experience orgasm. And it's because of rhetoric like this. Right. Because they need to explore what <laughs> right. works for them. The and what if you have a, what if you are married and your spouse 
spouse has a higher sexual appetite than you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's or a lower it. one. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. What are you, you going to sit there? There's only so much compromising <laughs> that you can do there. when there's an no, imbalance right. like exactly. that, you know. So I just think that overall, Erica, that rhetoric is dangerous, like you said. It's and it, dated it and it's dangerous. Yeah. And it's, for some people, it's necessary. Like, you know, people get, I know for men, I would prefer, I, know my, I if get I were, sexually frustrated. If mm. I were dating someone, I would prefer him take care of that himself than <laughs> to either step out on me oh, or harass me every two fucking minutes <laughs> about, you know. Right. Oh, my God. Leave me alone. <laughs> Read a book. Go rub it out. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, Erica, Godspeed with that. You know. Literally Godspeed. Bless you it. think so? <laughs> <laughs> Erica has always been the least problematic to me, but that does not absolve her from her problematic nature. Like, let's not forget they were raised in the same household. They are sisters. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking of Tina, the uh, Trump supporter. Ugh. So, uh, yeah. and the Breakfast Club. So y'all heard about Stacey Dash getting arrested, oh my right? Gosh, she looked. I mean, sorry, Stacey. That 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 mugshot was hard. She was she was smizing. Mm-hmm. She got arrested for domestic abuse, but did you all hear about the arrest record saying white? Now, yes. So originally, Caucasian legally. Originally, (laughs) it was reported that she marked it as white. Like she told them that she was white, but it came out today via TMZ that the officers. It made no sense. The officers initially thought she was Hispanic, which she. Her mom is Mexican. Her dad is black. So they initially thought that she was Hispanic, but they marked white anyway, which makes no sense to me. And if anything, it fuels the narrative that policemen are incompetent. Mm -hmm. Like to me, that makes no sense. If you feel that this woman is Hispanic. I got stopped on the way here. Let's be clear. Oh, you did? You is did? everything okay? Yeah, I'm going to show okay. you my ticket. You got, you a, got ticket? a ticket? <laughs> oh, no. I definitely got a ticket. Why well, did you get a ticket? Were you speeding? Allegedly. Oh, Allegedly. Boy, you to were make speeding. it on time. No. You were speeding because you was late up in here. <laughs> right. You were here <laughs> flying ding, ding, down ding, ding, the ding. 10 freeway. Tyler. No, he definitely stopped me and gave me a speeding ticket. Mind you. I Which was, is rare in LA. What? No, I was, mind you, I was driving a, a Jeep. <laughs> Compared to the Midwest, baby. Uh, yeah. I was driving a Jeep that only goes 85 miles per hour. You know those like yes. trucks, so higher or whatever. Wait, so it only goes 85 miles it's per like hour? A, it's maxed out at 85. Oh, got those, you. Like, really, really I thought she said you go to zero or 85. And he goes, you were going 90 miles. Erica Campbell. He said, you were going 90 <laughs> miles per hour. And I'm like, oh, really? That's odd because my my odometer my speedometer says yeah. eighty five. Yeah. So how how is that possible? And so as as he's sitting there, he's changing it to down to eighty. Oh. oh. And I'm like, you know what? I guess this is just you got places to be. Right. I was like, you know what? We ain't coming down to the jailhouse hooking up the equipment. (laughs) Right. Hi, we have to do a show. I'm (laughs) so sorry. We just have to do. We were his one phone call. Right. Imagine. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Congratulations are in order to Candy V. Burris, one of my favorite people. She announced that not only will she be on The Shy. I watch The Shy, but I'm. But duh, it's the shy. I'm from Chicago. Right. Comes on Showtime. It's Lena Waithe's show. She's going to be on season three. Luke James has been added to the cast. And there's someone else that has been added to the cast, but that's her news to break. I'm not going to break it on Kiss and Tell because <laughs> oh. I'd get in trouble. It's not me. I just want to clear that up. But it's it's someone that we all know. Um, but I'm going to let... Personally? Yeah. It's, oh. it's going to unfold. Come on, um, friends. Booking. Uh, so, yeah. Getting booked. Right. Booked and busy. Booked and busy. So, Candy's going to be on, on the show. I'm excited about that. I've never seen Candy act, but I, I love like, the show. Act? I love the show, and I don't know the extent of What's her she, role. I think she's going to be playing someone's wife. She's probably acting on Housewives of Atlanta. <gasps> and I... Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of no, Housewives of Atlanta, right. she just announced that she and Todd are expecting their third... I mean, well, their second child to Together through surrogacy. 
Oh, that's great. So, how many kids? Is well, Candy has Riley. Yeah. Todd has a daughter, and then they together they have Ace, the little boy. So now they're and on now, four. And now they're having. How old is she? How old is Candy? Yeah. I she's in her somewhere in her forties. Okay. I want to say she's not late thirties. I, mean, I, like I mean, from what it looks like, she has enough money to have four kids. Oh, Candy I mean, listen, is get, coin silly. Get Be clear. Taxes. Get them taxes clear. Be get clear. Them <laughs> also, right. speaking of babies, congrats are in order right. to her castmate Eva Marcel Sterling. Yes. She just announced that she uh, just had her baby boy. I love his name is Maverick. Oh, I love, his mom. name is Maverick Sterling. Ooh, oh, that's a great name. Ruth almost named her child that but she had a girl you know <laughs> i used to love the word maverick because of living single with max the maverick but mm. sarah palin almost ruined that it's for me with john mccain <laughs> john mccain the maverick you remember when sarah palin was on the campaign trail Ooh. over using that word mm-hmm. the Alaska's um, Bay. also really quickly before we wrap out of here i'm, I'm cutting stories because we got to keep the show moving um j-lo and shakira february 2nd 2020 they mm-hmm. will be headlining the super bowl what are what are our thoughts are we excited what are we looking forward to? You know, first of all, I want to give a shout out to Jayla because I've I've loved her my entire life. I just feel like it's 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 a it's a two two very similar artists on the same stage doing the same things. <laughs> it's gonna be lots of booty shaking. I don't think yeah. J-Lo needs I don't think J Lo needs a um co star. Yeah, I think really? she I think she could have done it by herself. I heard she that Pitbull sure. is in talks to perform with yeah. her as right. well. She, and I'm sure she could probably bring out. The entire industry. But even though she, <laughs> even mm-hmm. though she and Shakira um, have similar styles, they have totally different sounds. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> but do you think, do you, <laughs> no, not even, not even vocally. But I'm saying, if you're doing "Waiting for Tonight," whoa, and then you go, "No, no, 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 tell me one more time." Yeah, those are two different sounds. It's a very weird, a very weird combo. Yeah, I think it's gonna be sexy. I think the Hispanic community is gonna go fucking crazy because they're very and plus Char because I think it's gonna be so sexy. Yeah, I love both artists separately, and I'm excited to see what they're gonna do together. And hopefully, it's something exciting. I, I bet Pippa will be involved in some. Oh way. yeah, he's got to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on now, him mm-hmm. and Jay Balvin, they're gonna be up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, maybe Tyler Jacob will join. Oh you God. should Wait, listen. <laughs> Let's say one day this year I'll be at the Super Bowl. Let's go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Last but not least, uh, I was still gathering the facts to this because I was just infuriated by this whole case. Amber Geyer uh, had her sentencing handed to her. If you're not familiar, she's the oh Dallas police officer who killed ba- Botham Jean in his own apartment. So she will be serving 10 years maximum. She's what? up for parole in five. 10 years maximum. And um, can, can 10 I, years is not enough. Can I just say, yeah. who, who the hell in their right mind walks into someone else's house and says that you thought you were walking into your own yeah. and then kills, kills them. them? Like, what well, is the thought process even, behind even thinking Even that she's aside not from just the dumbassery of all of yeah. that, there were text messages that surfaced. She was carrying on an affair with her... Uh, with her uh, squad buddy who was married, and they both were like, not to, just sending tweets back, I mean, texts back and forth on some not to be racist, but I work with five black officers today, and da 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 da, things like that. <laughs> she, not to be racist, her, but her Pinterest account um, surfaced with her doing anti Colin Kaepernick uh, and anti Obama pinning things mm-hmm. on her Pinterest. She um, also did something else. I know that I read something about her being in trouble for unlawful use or something surrounding either an injury or a murder of someone. And she's only been on the force for five years. That's so like, Botham being the second, it's like, 
So you just have to killing people. Miss thing. I'm like, when did we go back to the 50s and 60s? Like, when I did mean, that well, happen? I think everybody was so surprised that she was even convicted as guilty. Yeah. I think co- collectively, as black people, we didn't even rev our engines up for hope. Okay. Everybody right. was just like, we're just so used to people getting away with it. Honestly, this. Especially the engine cops. still needs to be revved up. Especially cops. You know what I mean? Like the engine still needs to be revved but up. But I'm saying collectively, we've years, been. I know, but collectively, we've been beat down as far as thinking there's been so many damn hashtags mm-hmm. say his name say her name right. say their name no, right. so many hashtags and everybody gets away with bloody murder literally so when people found out that she was convicted as guilty a lot of people were excited but everybody was still waiting holding their breath for mm-hmm. convicted to, for what it was murder not manslaughter okay okay we making some progress the the jury was like half non black people of color and then half black people that's right. why you have to do your jury duty please do yeah, not I'm, I'm guilty evade jury duty you have to do yeah. your civil service get in there you never know what case I you'll always, be on I'm always like oh I'm, I'm dyslexic you don't want to be trapped <laughs> you don't want to be trapped on an OJ case none of us want, want right. to be locked away for a month in Ooh. a hotel scary. yeah but um, I think it's also interesting that that she is a woman um, who weaponized her white tears on the on the stand yeah um but just even like the fact that she is the pretty much the first person i mean i don't know the history but that she's a woman that's killed a man and i think that also plays a role on why she was actually convicted versus let go man. so you think that if it were a white man it would have been yep. different Ooh. yep mm. i do and do you think if the victim were a black woman it would have been mm-hmm. different absolutely me too me baron too. me too it's interesting they're really making an example out of her and hopefully this will um be a day of reckoning because if it can happen to her it can happen to you mr or mrs officer that's listening to kiss and tell right now that might be listening if it can happen to her it can happen to you get it together get it together Mm -hmm. this code of silence and all mm -mm, i don't like it i don't don't, like it i honestly do not like the fact that we are all paying tax dollars for the police to work for us and for it to feel like we're being attacked every time police officers come around. And I know how Were you scared when you were pulled over? Today, I the first thing I did, and I'm no lie, was start a recording. Yeah. And yeah. it's so sad that that's how, what we've oh, gotten to. Jesus. That I have to feel You like, sure? Wow. Like, There's the video. To, yep. That I have to feel Because you never know. Way. Yeah. But no, the, the cop was hashtag. actually an asshole. And it, he didn't actually change being an asshole until I showed him that I was recording. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm actually deaf in one like, ear. Mm. And I'm like, I can't hear you on that side. Can you come to this side? Gotcha. And he goes, oh, well, on your good ear. like, And I'm like, <laughs> what? Oh, Lord. He probably thought you was trying to throw him in traffic. Child. What's his name? <laughs> uh, his name was actually, I forgot about it. Well, um, yeah. Dragon. Dragon. Not, it's, his name was M. Dragon, actually. He related <laughs> to Nikita. <laughs> Nikita Dragon, <laughs> shout out to Nikita. Um, so yeah, th- I don't feel that ten years is is long enough. No. And what pissed me off before we change subjects is what pissed me off is I saw actual footage and read transcript of his family hugging and co- like the judge yeah. was comforting her, the bailiff. I'm like, what is wrong Fuck with off. y'all? Mm-hmm. And I think that, and I tweeted this as well, and I just have to repeat it on the show. I'm so sick of black people being forced or being made feel being made to feel as if they have to forgive. There's always this rush to forgive without addressing right. the the trauma or the incident and I mm-hmm. hate that. I hate the optics of it. I hate looking at it. I hate that that is 
the generalized way that we go about things. And again, that's rooted in Christianity. We saw that with Dylan Roof when he walked into that church and senselessly gunned down those black people who were in the yep. middle of worship. Immediately, they family on press conferences talking about they forgive him. And then we see this with Botham, who was minding his business in his own apartment, on his couch, eating ice cream, minding his business. Oh, my God. That, honestly, I'm not going to lie. That situation. And y'all walking up to Amber in the courtroom so talking about y'all forgive her. And I get that before y'all drag me, I get that forgiveness is a personal journey. That is a personal walk. But just as someone no. who is part of John Q. Public, who is observing, mm-hmm. I am sick. I'm literally disgusted at the optics disgusted. of it. You because be it's mad never. You have a right to be mad. You have a, to be mad. You have a right to be right. mad. And stay mad. And the optics are never, ever, ever reciprocated. Mm-hmm. Never. I have never mm-hmm. seen that same courte- uh, courtesy granted to black folks. Mm-hmm. Ever. Yeah. Give me a break. And Give me a break. That's why I totally agree that if it was the other shoes, I mean, the shoe was on the other foot, it would have been a whole other story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that man, if it, was, if it were a black cop who shot a... A white woman who was in her house Ooh. minding her business. Ice cream, there would be no conversation. Ooh. Baby. You don't need a jury Trial would have been next life. week. Right. And it wouldn't have been a year later. Mm. It would have been next he week. He would have known his life sentence that day. Yeah, oh, right. yes. Life. All right, let's move on to the what are we doing next? The corner? Oh, yeah. the corner. When we're back, the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for the LGBT corner. So this week's corner goes out to a little high school in Tennessee named White Station High School. What? White Station. White Station, White Station <laughs> High School. By? Well, the actually, this is <laughs> highlighting a negress. So there was a gay high school senior um, who was crowned his high school's home on his home high school's homecoming court uh, last Friday while wearing a dress which was met with widespread support from school officials and fellow students. His name is Brandon Allen, and he helped eradicate the, the uh, binary terms of homecoming king and queen, yes. and now it's just homecoming royalty down there at, mm-hmm. at the White mm-hmm. Station School. And it's just it. refreshing to me uh, to know that there is such progressiveness at a high Absolutely. school, for one, and then for two, this is south of the Mason-Dixon line. Yes, this is Tennessee. So to find out that oh, school rough. officials um, are supporting him, that's refreshing. And I'm not, I'm not saying that painting out the South is any type of – because the North has its problems, too. We've I seen it in part. Boston. It's, it's <laughs> literally nationwide. I mean, Boston. We've seen it nationwide, <laughs> but it's refreshing to know because I'm someone who went to a very progressive high school. Um, and it's refreshing when you see these things, especially with someone who's postured as, as black being celebrated in this right, in, in this South. matter. Because we don't see a lot of non-binary black, brown skin, dark skin, natural hair folks being celebrated. A I lot of non-binary people, as we've seen the discussions online, a lot, a lot of non-binary people who are celebrated tend to be a little twinkish, mm-hmm. you know, um, and of the male influence type thing. So yeah. it's, it's nice to see this. And so I just have to shout out that high school. Yeah, Congratulations. Congratulations to the, to the homecoming royalty. White, oh, yes. White station. White station high mm. <laughs> in Tennessee. Oof. You see, I've been working on sounds my good, su- my Southern accent. That sounds scary. I've been working on my Southern accent after watching the sugar bakers oh. on, oh. on oh. marathon. <laughs> <laughs> Julia and, Sh- and, and Suzanne sugar baker. Okay. So sugar baker. <laughs> let's move on. Is the bell broken? Okay, let's move on to my topic. Mm-hmm. So my topic this week 
I tweeted, okay, I know that y'all are getting sick of me listening. Whoever's listening is like, damn, this is all this bitch do is tweet. But um, <laughs> I, t- I tweeted about how the older I get, um, and this had come from just a lot of meditation and prayer for me, but the older I get personally, the, the, the more challenging it is for me to visualize myself in a romantic relationship. Mm. And so that's just a tip of my hmm. topic. So my topic is, I guess the question that I want to ask you all just more broadly is, has there ever been a moment where you've struggled visualizing yourself in uh, scenarios or situations or obtaining tangible things that society like covets like the roadmap you know society has ingrained in us that there is a certain roadmap Mm -hmm. right women i mean people in general but especially women are programmed to uh you can't be alone. You don't want to be an old spinster, a cat lady. Right. Like there's all these like different like pejoratives that go along with women aging and not having some sort of partner. And what I'm saying is at this point at 31, I'm exploring that option. And that's not even me being melodramatic. I'm exploring that that might be a reality because it might be a reality. And I'm working on being okay with that. Mm -hmm. And what led me to this is that a lot of men in my personal experience, which, which I need to keep reiterating, a lot of men don't meet my standard Mm -hmm. and my standard. I mean, the bare minimum is like, don't cheat on me. Don't embarrass me. Like a lot of men just don't honor that, that I've encountered. And when I, this is going to be whatever, but there's a power dynamic that comes with trans women in relationships with cis men. Mm. And it's one that's not even close to being even. I feel like cis women in relationships with cis men, there's a, a very specific power structure, but cis women are like, okay, let's, let's say cis men have 60%. Cis women have 40%. I feel that in a lot of trans relationships with trans women and cis men, the men have like 90% and the trans women only have 10. And what led wow. me to that is conversations that I've had, articles that I've been reading. It seems that no matter how visible, no matter how beautiful, no matter how popular, no matter how coined, no matter how employed the trans woman is, the man knows that he can get away with anything and the trans woman's going to be vilified in life, death, or otherwise. Mm. So I hope that I articulated that right. And so that's that's what kind of led to me exploring like, okay, Shar, what are you willing to put up with? Nothing. And right now it is nothing. I don't think you have to, def- I don't think you have to like lower your standards at all. I mean, cause I'm, I'm well, I mean, they're the bare men. The bar is on the floor. Right. Really? I'm just asking <laughs> that you, you respect me for God's sake. But, um, so right. Like I said, right now it's just the optics. I, I, I there are men in my life. And, and even when I look at my own dating history, it just right now, it's not good for me. And I know that it's a personal thing and that I'm still working to unpack a lot of things. And I can't say when that unpacking is going to be done. Mm-hmm. I'm taking each day as it comes. And I have a lot of trust issues. I have a lot of issues surrounding romantic intimacy with men. That is where I'll leave it at that. But because society says that, oh, you're supposed to, and all of my girlfriends, all of my girlfriends, cis, trans, or otherwise, everybody's out here double-dutching in relationships or just trying to figure it out. 
And it's just much more peaceful for Char to just worry about chasing the bag, okay, honestly, listen. right now. <laughs> and I hate to that. paint it like that, but that's just, you know, it's, it, things get too sloppy and too messy too quickly for me, and I want no parts no of parts. it. No yeah. parts. So is there anything as far as, like, maybe having children? You 30-something, where are the kids? Are you 30-something, where's the mansion? Like, is there anything Oof. within your own personal life where society tells you that you're supposed to have or you're supposed to want that you may not have a personal longing for? That's such a good question. I know for me, I was in a relationship for five years, right? I was in multiple relationships, but my most recent relationship was five years. And I thought for whatever reason that him and I would never, ever like cheat on each other. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And throughout that five years, that was what I thought until when everything ended. And then, you know, secrets get revealed. Yeah. And then you start seeing uh, different things uh, come to life. Now I'm in a place where I don't think that there is someone out there who has a mindset like mine to be monogamous. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm, I'm a very monogamous person, <clears throat> but I, I have yet to find a person out there who, does, who doesn't mind being monogamous as well. Even though they'll say those things, the reality of that the has not existed for differ. me. Okay. Yeah. And it, it I want to note that Tyler said for him. Right. For okay. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're not painting uh, broad strokes no, here, yeah, but yeah. that's been your experience. My experience. Yeah. That's actually kind of interesting that you kind of brought up monogamy because I think that uh, for me, I am very monogamous. I'm very traditional. And I've been in situations where I've dated people and they've made me feel bad for that. And that's today's age yeah and they made me feel bad for that's wanting and like no no not anymore that was, that's 1960 that's 1950 and on top of that you're queer like you're gay like so you should Live not life. be yeah like I'm no like, this is the way we do it now i'm like no like, this is the way and i and i have compromised situations with people because i okay, was like questioning me. myself <laughs> right i was like i was questioning myself i'm like well i mean am i just dated like are we supposed to be these wild animals that want to explore sex because i could have sex and i can fuck like there's two i could separate the two mm-hmm. um see i haven't gotten there yet yeah I so i could have sex yet. and have it mean nothing and i could also have sex and have it be this most beautiful experience make like, love make love exactly I'm so i know the, the making love i'm all right. about making love and i'm like i, don't know, I can separate the two <laughs> um, <laughs> but i have been made to feel bad that i want monogamy and i have kind of had to just be like, no, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. And I'm you not going to let anybody. You do have to be firm. Yeah. yeah, with yourself too. Yes. Like, you have Boundaries to be firm are with, important. With them. And, then, and if it doesn't work, and just be honest and transparent. Communication is so key. And a lot of times I have been in situations where I have ignored the signs or I've we'd had the conversations. I'm like, oh, maybe they'll change. And it just doesn't work out. And then next thing I'm going through someone's cell phone and I'm finding out pictures of myself um, being sent around. But yeah, we'll, we'll get to Like trying I mean, to invite a third party in? Just, just being real reckless. Mm. Um, oh, no. But, you know, I mean, that's another story <laughs> You better story call Lisa day. Bloom and Gloria Allred. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think that, I mean, but kind of circling back to, I think with the relationship, like kind of we're, we're talking about, um, I remember when I started dating men, um, I remember thinking that, because at the time, marriage was not legal. Mm. And so right. I was just like, well, I mean, if this is where I'm going, I can never get married. I can never get the the family and mm-hmm. the the SUV, and I can't I can't do that because I am choosing to express myself or love who I want to love. Mm-hmm. And I knew that at the time I would not get that. I mean, it eventually got legalized, but I remember kind of like 
going through so the you were emotional programmed. journey. That, yeah. yeah. I was kind of, I remember just kind of like dissecting that and like understanding like what I was getting myself into and like what I saw for myself in the future and what I wanted my entire life, I probably would not be able to get legally. Yeah. Um, so I mean, eventually we, we passed the law and stuff like that. But I mean, even today, like I still want that family and I want that, but I think the timeline of that has completely changed because I want everything by 25. I was like, 25, I want my Bentley, my family, my corner office, and mm-hmm. this, and life happens. Right. And that's okay. And I'm, I've been able to kind of go, like, go with is, the ride, the raid of the universe, or whatever you want to call it. And right. that that is okay. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah, I that's agree. what I want people to get from this. And, you know, um, you have to do what's best for you, like you said, Jace, with, with boundaries and everything. And I think it goes back to how you love and respect yourself. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I know that I love myself, but there's certain things, you know, the term hard truth. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. And I do not think that I even, la- I don't even think that I hold the emotional capacity to give someone the romantic side of me that they would need right, right now, now. because yeah. it goes back to trust things that I'm working through. Mm-hmm. It goes back to not even things that have personally affected me. When I look at the media that I ingest, when I look at the shows that I watch, the songs that I listen to, friends confiding in me, things that are going on within their relationships, mm-hmm. I'm like, I want no, no parts, parts <laughs> of any of this, right? You know, and so uh, it, it 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 is a hard pill to swallow. Like I said, for the time being, but what also helps me is I've never been one of those girls who longed for romantic companionship. Mm-hmm. I've always looked at it. I can remember being 18. Shout out to Kenny, my best friend when I was 18, because we used to make these jokes. Kenny wanted the relationship. That, that's something that he wanted. And I remember, I might have cursed myself, but I remember <laughs> being a teenager saying, I don't need a man. Like, if, as long as I have a good group of friends and my career, I'll be just fine. <laughs> this was me as a Sex teenager saying this. But I think I was saying that because I also had no example of what a healthy, loving uh, relationship looked like. <laughs> Even though my, right, pa- my parents right. were married for 20 years prior to divorce. But mm-hmm. that dynamic yeah. was not a fairy tale. You know, mm-hmm. and so um, it's a lot of conditioning and unlearning. And I don't want to talk you all's ears off, but that's something that I have personally been, even with someone, I have someone in my life right now, kind of, sort of, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, but um, I would have, it would have been bleeped out. <laughs> <laughs> but because um, if you say his name, I'm saying your person's oh, name. No, 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 Since no, you want to no, play. No, 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 since no, you want to no, play. But since you want to play on the good cat radio oh, no. today. Um, but so, yeah, that, that's just been something, like I said, that I have been pining over and just working through because even like what you all said with the whole queer thing and non-monogamy me being trans i feel like most men that you know come to me are like practically fucking pimps like it's just them and like this army of women like Mm. you girlfriend number seven type thing and i'm like yeah it's a it's a lot that because you know i'm dealing with misogyny as well right so it's a lot that goes anti-blackness even coming from black folk like it's a lot that goes into and she's beautiful so well well, thank you tyler jacob that's the truth thank you and so um yeah that's just like i said i don't want to talk in circles but that is sometimes we have to ingest hard truths about ourselves right within the time being and i keep emphasizing that because 
who knows where I'll be six months from now? Who knows where my mental will be six months from now? Maybe I'm going to have a man and be walking down the aisle six months. You just never, never know. Uh-oh. But I'm saying I want to go right now in this current state. <laughs> it's not tangible. It's not feasible for me. And I can't even I've reached a point where I can't even visualize what that looks like for me. Yeah. When I close my eyes and think about me in a romantic relationship, it's not there. <laughs> yeah. But does that not, make you I'm feel sorry, good I'm that? so sorry to this man. I, he could be walking down the sidewalk. I am so sorry to <laughs> this keep man. Keep on. <laughs> but you know what, Tyler? It makes me feel indifferent because what I've come to realize and work through is me not being able to visualize that is okay. Yeah, right. absolutely. It's okay. It's society's pressures that's like that will create the narrative that there's something wrong with you because you can't visualize Well, that. that's like Tisha Campbell talking about don't masturbate. That's not Tisha Campbell. That's Erica oh. Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> Tisha is I'm still here. I'm Gina. I'm, I'm like, what did I'm Tisha Campbell say? Oh, my God. I'm dead. What happened with Dwayne I'm Martin? I'm still here. So, yeah, make sure you all weigh in on this topic using hashtag KAT Radio. Yes. Um, all opinions are welcome. All, all of them. Let's, are we ready to move on to your we topic? Are. So, my topic is about kids. So, (laughs) (laughs) shit, love the kids. So, last week's episode of Kardashians, um, there was a clip that was going around that she just saw recently. I was telling Shar a story earlier about an experience I experienced personally. Um, I was floored by this experience, by the way. And Jace would not have been wrong if he did this. Um, And so, in telling the story, Shar was like, wow, have you seen the last episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians? And I said, no. So, she showed me a clip of um basically Courtney's badass kids talking to her mo- talking to their mother like they ain't got no sense. And at one point one of the kids like hit her in the face. They're like, I want this now. Like, it was just very disrespectful. Chloe had to reprimand Chloe, them. Yeah, and Chloe was on the couch kind of like on her phone and like looking up like what is this really <laughs> happening? Like yeah. is my sister allowing her children to do whatever? I mean, she's married to a white man. Um right. but um, I kind of wanted to ask y'all or see, like, how would you experience? Because my experience that happened recently, um, I was around a child who was under the age of 10, who I did not witness face to face, but heard them tell their mother to shut the fuck up. Mm. And, my God, I just got to chill. And so I just wanted to um, just really just jump in and make sure. I mean, the level of disrespect. I my mean, God. and talking about, and the thing was like, well, she's a but potty you, mouth. I'm like, no, that's a potty mouth say, is just saying like, oh, you know, ass. That and like, no, she is being disrespectful to you and using the effort no, to yeah, hurt that's you. And like, you that's, also mentioned that the mo- the mother in this situation kind of enabled that behavior. Yes. Yeah. Like you don't get to don't yeah. talk to me. Use nice words now. Yeah. No. And I was not able to. Very I knew that I was not able to um, jump in and yeah defend i guess if you will i don't know what the term would be but just like kind of diffuse the situation yeah um because i know that her mother would protect her yes from me yes um and so i wanted to kind of get your opinion but like would what would you do would you try to jump into a situation i mean let's say it's a family member if you saw it was out in public like what how would you react to seeing a child being extremely disrespectful blatantly disrespectful to their parent um and what would you do it's funny that you mentioned this because um, 
I remember seeing like a one of those videos where someone did step in and the child was like, mind your effing business. And mom was like, yeah, mind your effing business mm. before I beat your ass. Type oh. thing, like that type thing. So you never kind of know yeah. with those things. It's like, should I mind my business or should I? I think that if it's something physical, I'm going to say something to the child. If the child's like beating mom in the mall, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm going to be like, excuse me type right. thing. Um, I don't know if it's on the verbal side because people talk differently. Like when I think back to when I was growing up, there were just things that we could not say, right? Mm-hmm. They were looked at as so Bad. they were they were you could they were equivalent to profanity, mm-hmm. even though they weren't profanity. But when I look at as I call the Roseannes, some of the people that I went to school with who, you know, might have grown up in Roseanne and Dan Connor's household, <laughs> they got away with saying certain things to their parents and around their parents that I wouldn't dream of. And even culturally, right. with me being a black girl, you know. Right, no, yeah. I was crazy. more so, you know, fresh Prince original Aunt Viv. Right. Cosby, my you know, mom. Claire Huxtable. Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up around. <laughs> my mom I didn't would grow up. combat my throat. I, uh, yeah. Right. I'd, I'd be dead. My, I didn't grow up around Aunt Jackie and Roseanne and Dan Connor. Mm-hmm. I didn't, that, that wasn't my reality. So I guess it depends on, like I said, the, the household. Some, some parents allow their kids to say little, maybe a damn or an ass every once in a while. When I was a child, I couldn't dream of mm-hmm. even, I wasn't even, I didn't use profile. Like I didn't even think those words. I don't think I used my <laughs> right. first. I don't think I used my first curse word comfortably until I was maybe middle school, maybe eighth grade, maybe yeah. eighth grade. I just Same, profound, and it wasn't a thing of fear per se. It just was that just wasn't in my lexicon because I knew better. Right, right. It was right. one of those things like you knew better, you know. So, but now I mean, you know, I pay my own bills. You know, I still uh, don't do what I want. I still don't use profanity around my parents, but I have before when expressing anger. Mm. Um, I have like in text messages when expressing anger, not to do with them, Uh-oh. but like if I had so a bad week at work, mad, mom. Like if I had a, ba- <laughs> a bad day at work, I'd be like this bitch, you know, right, type yeah. thing. So, um, yeah. For me, I personally would not have said anything or done anything because, I, like she said, it's different uh, dynamics in different families. And some people might may think it's okay. I can't, whatever. But for me personally, if I had Especially a child. with these millennial parents. Oof. Right. You just never know. People are, mm-hmm. you know, not the that anything. parents. Yeah. The, the, some people are like, my child can talk to me like I talk to. Right. They can do whatever my, they want. Like, like a peer. But yeah, my <laughs> sister was just telling me about her son, actually. That's funny. I was showing her. My sister was saying, you know, sometimes that he gets out of control and she doesn't know what to do or say. Even though she was raised by my mother, my mother would knock you down very yeah. fast. But, I, you know, she's trying to go a different route. You got to unlearn some of those because pe- it might have affected her in a different way than it affected exactly, you. Exactly, right. And a lot mm-hmm. of us, well, I'm not a parent, but the parents that I do hear talk that are of our generation are all about unlearning mm-hmm. those generational things because they know how that made them feel and they're not trying to pass and that's that where on. We're at. Are you going to spank your kids? I'm not going to spank my kids. Are you going to spank your kids, Charlotte? <laughs> spank, yes. Whoop, no. Yeah. There is a difference. I, there I, is a difference between a spanking I and a agree. whooping. I agree. You're going to get some love taps. <laughs> but <laughs> only. Only, only in uh, no, I, w- I wasn't pinched, so I won't be pinching. But it'll only be in extreme cases, much like my parents did me. I didn't grow up with a lot of uh, spankings or whoopings. It was an extreme when I was being an extremely stupid or extremely petulant or extremely stubborn mm-hmm. or something like that. Because I, like I said, I didn't grow up with that, so it would be. Luckily, my mother gave me the creative space to express myself up to a point. Mm. But it was all about that's why I'm about that's why I'm like this today when communicating with other people. Out of control. It's all about how you go about it. Facts. 
Mm-hmm. You can convey any message you need to, any message you want to, to me. That's what my mom used to tell me. <laughs> but you better watch how you go right. to go watch about how, it. Watch how it's you better be. You better think real, real, mm-hmm. real right. delicately mm-hmm. about. My mom was never one of, or my father was never one to say shut up or shut me down. Mm-hmm. I was able to express myself, and sometimes that had to be in the written word because I didn't want to look at them, I didn't want to talk to them. But sometimes see, I, I had to that. write them a letter. <laughs> And, and, look, say, and look how articulate you are. You know yeah. what I mean? And being able to express yourself. I think for, for me, I was kind of like the opposite where we were told not to say things. Definitely Stay in a child's beatings. place. Right. Definitely mm-hmm. got a lot of beatings, blah, blah, blah. But that's why me, my sister and I were trying to go a different route. And that she's just coming at me like, what should I do? And I, I, I feel like. So your sister doesn't spank her. So. She doesn't. She doesn't want to go that route because she knows what it did to us mentally. You know what I mean? So but I'm, you could do, take some stuff away. A pop, pop. Little no, right, right. no, I agree. Um, but as far as like, there's things that children need to learn as far as like consequence and that could be taught in different ways like taking away their toys or putting them on time i know uh, my other brother who has a child he uh shout out to chris wilburn ashley and my mom ibelise but uh yeah they putting on time out it works i've watched them sit there and be so mad about it you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and i mean well timeout works in school too yeah Yeah. and And we get timeouts in different fact like you know when you're in in grade school it's a or an um Pre-K or whatever, it's an actual timeout. Right. right. In elementary, you can't see your friends this week. Inside you recess right. because you decided not to go to school on time. Inside no recess, social. detention, no but, pizza party. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't have a movie and pizza day. Mm-hmm. You can't have nothing. You, right. And I feel like that's the, in my <laughs> opinion, for me, that's the way I would raise my children because I know that the physical violence thing goes a long way. I know for me, even yeah. even even looking at other people, the first thing I would do is like, oh, you get you get rough, you rough with me. I'm punching you in your face. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I got like that was because it's Camden. It's because of what I was taught you know what <laughs> right. i mean what i thought what i thought was my norm and nowadays it's like i don't even want to get physical at all i'm yeah. like you said i'm learning a lot of things well mm. you it's always best to use your words mm-hmm. I, I agree with that and um it's just jarring sometimes when you see when you do see when you witness kids talk to their parents like like oh, their parent like and that's you don't pay no bills fault. in here their parents mm-hmm. it is the parents fault it, it is, the parents it is. You know, they have to take full ownership for that because i watch and there are exceptions. And it's so easy to go off the rails. Now what are you going to do? If you if you have, and I have to be careful how I word this because I'm not a parent and I'm not a parenting expert. Mm-hmm. But just based <laughs> observa- uh, off of pure observation, I'm, you know, um, there's no stopping point. If you have an out-of-control seven-year-old, chances are if you don't step in and do something, you're going to have an out-of-control 17-year-old. Who's going to steal your car and not come back and, and not sell and, nothing. And sell grandma's ring. Mm-hmm. For, you know, like, it, or, or be, be promiscuous. Like, you got to get to the root. And a lot of it has to do with the parent as mm-hmm. well. And it starts down there at the bottom. At the, when yeah. they're a baby. You can't, you can't come at Train 17, up a child in the way they should go. And right. So when they get old, they will not depart from it. And as a it. parent, I think you should do the work. And I only say that coming from a place as a as an adult myself. We all are, we should be fully committed to doing the work on our journeys. And when I say the work, I don't mean anything physical. I mean the mental work. It is exhausting. It is tiring. But we have to do the work to better ourselves. And I, I believe that if you better yourself, then you can in turn maybe be a better damn parent. And if you're going to have children, please be ready to have children. Don't, don't have $5 in your bank account. And want to and want to have a baby and then get mad and and start complaining about the consequences that your baby daddy doesn't have diapers and blah 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 blah. You have to deal with that when you make the decision to do certain things. And I and, and the reason why I say that is because I have so many people in my life who have kids after knowing and hearing experiences from other people, mm-hmm. and even experiencing it themselves, mm-hmm. and yet they go through the same cycle over and over and over again. And at some point, it's it is insanity. 
when you repeat a cycle and then you are complaining about that cycle mm-hmm. that you know that you repeat it people instead of do, just changing you it. You know what I, what I also find is people are also fearful of things that make them uncomfortable. And yeah. some people are very comfortable in struggle. Yeah. They don't say that. I can say that from personal but they, experience. But they show that they're very comfortable in – they don't know how to function without that without dysfunction the drama. Mm-hmm. and drama oh God, in their that lives. that is such a topic so, though. So, yeah. So, they, they're comfortable in that. So, let me go out here and, and make some babies and create some problems. All right. Let me, let me, let me live through drama because that's the only thing. I want my life to be a novella or I want my life to be a <laughs> Come on, novella. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> now hold on now Tyler I'm joking I'm it's like Wendy Williams with the mic <laughs> right. Tyler just rang my bell right. y'all ring so my bell. we're going to mo- we're actually going to move on to a conversation about you uh oh <laughs> alright so we're here with Tyler Jacob we're back welcome back we're What's here with on, Tyler y'all? Jacob <clears throat> so Tyler yes. tell us now you I read in your bio and I mentioned that your new album coming out is genreless mm-hmm. what inspired because when I heard that I instantly thought of Lemonade how there was a little bit of everything mm-hmm. on that album what inspired you to go this route with this project it, it, it happened it, it was no inspiration behind it besides this life like literally I've been recording this album since 2011 and so oh like it's been song after song after song after song that was supposed to be the single was supposed to be this was supposed to be that how very normani of you <laughs> 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 and because and be <laughs> and because um of so many things coming out to being a stylist and or going out and, and, right. and living the nine to five life and then going out and doing all these different things that it just so happened to the putting it all together. I'm like, oh my god, this is the story of my life. So it happened to be a little oh, mini wow. biography. Why not yeah. just put so it, it all tells together? So the, the songs are going to tell a story. It's you know what's funny about this album is that it it will show you different sides of me for sure. I have ballads on there where I'm singing my life out. I have songs on there where I'm rapping. I have songs on there where I'm just you know just chilling like a super just vibe song. It might be just beat and me humming. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just it's a it's a whole bunch of different vibes that all make sense together it's not like i'm just throwing out a a, a, you know i guess a throw up of music right right it's like it really is very intentional yeah it's and i'm excited about it because for so long i've been so insecure about releasing music why Um, is that because you know music is one of those situations that i used to think was like oh you have to be this certain way in order for people to, to to like you um, or to listen to your music and, 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 and feel like they can vibe to it. When the reality is that what I found out for me that I'm not putting out music for anybody else. I literally am just telling my story and, and so happen to uh, have people who support me and want to hear yeah. what, I, what I'm putting out. So it's like it's no longer about anything other than me doing what I love to do and having a great time doing it. Got you. So uh, aside from the material that's collectively coming together to make this. Cause that's a lot from 2011 to 2019. Mm-hmm. My God, that's almost a decade. Um, and they got songs and they're talking about you lied to me. There's songs saying, I love you. So there's going to be songs where you're going to be, hold on. Is this about so the, this the subject matters all over the place. Oh, the subject matter goes through exactly what I went through in my life. So you started performing when you were five. five. So walk <laughs> me through that. What, what was that? Like I read that your family, had uh who discovered you at five like how did you know that you had this talent like who affirmed you and was like wow you're good my kindergarten teacher i've always loved to sing but my uncle used to always say you cannot sing my my birth name is steven okay and he would be like you cannot sing steven like you cannot sing and i'm and and come to find out later on why he was telling me that i get it but um why was he telling he didn't want me to be in the music industry you know what i mean was he they were uh, my mom is a 
diehard Christian. Oh. Like super Pentecostal, super into the, and So they even just saw the Di- devil. Listen, even mm-hmm. watching Disney was like, you cannot watch Disney. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? So I, was, I, I grew up very strict. And, what um, in the Helen Baylor? <laughs> if, if you know gospel, you know Helen Baylor and her story <laughs> with the praying grandmother. Pull it up. Listen, listen to it. Pull it up. It's, it's available on all of your streaming. Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, so when I was five years old, my kindergarten teacher had this like idea to do a musical. Okay. And like she was, I used to always sing and she was the first one to highlight to me that I could sing. And um, so she was like, I'm going to make you Simba. And oh, was this the Lion King? Mm-hmm. Out there okay. being secular with Simba. And so I remember like going home and, and with crayons and paper and making my little outfit. Yeah. Because I wanted to be the best Simba ever. Yeah. You know yes. what I mean? So that first time getting on stage and then watching my mom cry from me practicing so hard and, and her going out and recording it and doing all that. She was like, you know what? I know, I know you want to be a singer. So I'm just going to buy you a piano. Mm. And so that's she bought me a piano. And that's when, when my life became like music 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 and then she was like i don't want this for you because wow. she started to see that i was mm. i started venturing into secular world. music right mm-hmm. now you're singing tony Braxton, baby. And she was like <laughs> of the world of the world right not on my watch <laughs> and that's what it was she said not on my watch you are not going to be going to the secular life on my watch and so then she cut it short um and it wasn't piano. until high and speaking school. of tony braxton that's kind of what happened with with her i mean oh, she, she was, was <laughs> they used to have to sneak and listen because that was us. they used to have to sne- literally sneak and listen to secular music listen i had posters on my wall of Aaliyah, rest in peace baby girl posters on my wall of selena and these people i was so obsessed with as a as a kid and she would come up and rip those things up to oh. that, i would have i would have lost it if my mom ever oh, ripped I up because my wallpaper like, was dc just, <laughs> just, just oh god just click cut you out beyonce's clip-ups. face off just cut well not was it went far past beyonce oh, kelly no. michelle <laughs> any any member of Latavia. destiny's Child. Latavia, her too mm-hmm. her too mm-hmm. if that had gotten damaged my god <laughs> and so, so you know yeah so like those posters and then I would have to hide stuff under my pillow and like go to school and look at stuff and listen to CDs by going to Virgin Music Store and having yeah. to listen to Virgin it. Music. Oh my God. And Sam sure Goody. Remember sure Sam you, Goody? Of course. And oh. FYE. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you had classmates with Walkmans and stuff who you would share an earphone with. Oh, in with. school, it was, it was all about music for yeah. me. To, but to me, I feel like because of that, it allowed me to research music in a different way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was, you know, any, every, we all want to do things we're not allowed to do. So that's why I think when I was right. like, I can't, if I can't do music, I'm going to do it harder. So, who are some of your musical influences? I know oh that you. We know that you love Brandy R. Norwood. <laughs> so aside I do love Brandy, from okay, um, but some of my musical influences are are definitely in the gospel world, like Kim Burrell, um, <gasps> Ooh. Uh, which I know you know. I did not I know that she, say she is actually an LGBT hero. I, I We're trying to have her on Kiss and Tell. Well, I am. Listen, I didn't say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> She's definitely been. I'm being facetious for those of you who have an attitude. <laughs> um, and uh, Tone, who okay. is now B. Slade. Mm-hmm. These are people who I grew up listening to. Yeah. You know what I mean, uh, Luther Vandross. Love uh, Luther. I loved um, Mark Anthony. My mom used to play him all the time. Okay. Um, you know, of course, Beyonce. Everyone loved Beyonce. Usher, Chris Brown. There's all these artists who I would sneak and listen to as, as a kid. But my musical influences, who I would think are the closest to me, would be Brandy. Okay. Like she is to me. Like I study. I've only listened to Brandy songs my entire life. Almost doesn't count, right? Almost <laughs> doesn't count. I love Broken Hearted. That might B7 be my favorite. Seven is out, so make sure you guys cop th- cop that. Or Wait, it's, not, it's not out yet. Her song Freedom Rings is out, so make sure you. I oh. heard that. I didn't really care for it though. You know what? It I reminded f- me of Begging and Pleading. But see, no. You know <laughs> what? You know what? I like it. I like it because it shows the growth in her vocals. 
And, well, she um, has a, a great voice. And even if you listen to the lyrics, it, it's, she's, she's an artist who, in my opinion, has been ripped off and not given credit. Mm. You know what I mean? That's just my personal oh, opinion. Oh, with people stealing her technique. Stealing or, everything. Well, I should say imitating her technique. Uh, everything and down to her team. Everything oh. down to oh. the people that she worked with to create different things. Well, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, and you know, and if you really look, if you do, really do the research behind Brandy and who she is and what she's done and where she has gone in her career, it's not fair to see the way that she's weighed out today. Mm. Um, and so that's do why. Do you think that she's contributed to any of that? Um, absolutely. We all, you know what? I think that a lot of the times we are hard on people who defend themselves, um, and I think that we're not we're not looking at the bigger picture. She has defended herself in a lot of in a lot of ways, but in a lot of I've seen some social media outbursts that I deemed unwarranted, like which what? has kind of fueled which fires. One? Like no one can post <laughs> which a, one. <laughs> no one can post a picture with Whitney Houston and and say that that's their godmother without a, an essay following on your page and you getting tagged in one. Like at one point, Brandy Brandy was a little off the wagon with her social media posts, and it wasn't a defense thing in my personal opinion. It was her acting out. Brandy forever. Brandy. Oh forever. God, forever Brandy. It's oh, excuse forever me. Brandy. So um, I want to switch gears yeah. to uh, your um, ex-fiance. Yes, Michael. Michael. Man, rest in peace. Now, walk. A, if you don't mind walking us through um, and our listeners through the lead up to that, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. because I saw you both personally. Mm-hmm. I saw you both. I believe the night before that mm-hmm. happened, mm-hmm. Um, as I was going in trunks, I remember I saw you on the sidewalk. Right. I think you were on the phone by mm-hmm. a tree and he was with a group of folks mm-hmm. inside the trunks. Mm-hmm. And he was, as I was walking in, he was leaving probably to meet up with you, mm-hmm. but he was still, they were still with that group. And so that was the night, a night or two before, the night before. this happened. Okay. Yeah, and that was then we the partied until 6 a.m. Okay, so if you don't mind walking, our, not to bring up a sore subject. No, but. no, it's, listen, I, 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 at this point, you know, I look at it totally different. But when we, that night, I can actually remember like it was yesterday. Um, the reason why I was outside, because we were having a little a little dispute, him and I. Okay. You know, we, we were. Uh, y- I couldn't tell, by the way. <laughs> I couldn't. It okay. looked like you had stepped mm-hmm. out for maybe a phone call. Yeah. And you looked, because I remember hugging you, and I also, like I said, I hugged uh, him. So I had went on this whole vegan trip, you know what I mean? I was being, like, extremely, I wanted to uh, fast from eating anything uh, that was meat. I wanted to not even surround myself with things that, to me, were uh, bad energy. And mm-hmm. so, you know, they were they were uh, partaking in some activities that I didn't, that I no longer felt like we should be doing. Okay. And so um, I excused myself from that situation, you know what I mean? I'm like, listen, I get it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna force you to do or not do anything. Because you can't control other people. Right. And and yes, we are in a relationship, but at the same time, I step away when I feel like something is making me uncomfortable. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that's what Valid. I did. I ended up walking out the, of of trunks that day, and um, he came to follow and to ask what was happening, and I I just you know explained how I didn't want to be a part of what they were doing, mm-hmm. and nor did I want to be a part because you know people knew us and and and. Whether it's like big or small or five people, two people, one person, these people still share their stories with you and have great, uh, di- uh, you know, uh, idea of wh- who you are and what you do. Listen, and, Hollywood's and a small you. town. Mm-hmm. Hollywood is a very small town. <coughs> so though. I didn't want to be a part of even being looked at that way. You yeah, know what I mean? So yeah. I disconnected and um, he didn't like that. He felt like I was 
holier than thou now, you know, and that, you know, it wasn't fair that I didn't want to be out anymore. And so I ended up sitting in the car actually that day um, until they finished Trunks and I ended up going to the next event, which is where we ended up staying until 6 a.m. Okay. But, um, but yeah, so we, which was what, was that another party? Yeah, it was the after hours uh, in downtown LA. Oh, like a little kickback type thing because the city shuts down at two. So I'm like, where the hell were you until 6 a.m.? No, we were there until 6 a.m. Okay. And so there we ended up, he was in a great mood, obviously. And, um, and so we ended up having a lot of fun, but then we bumped into his brother. Okay. And so for those of you who don't know, him and his brother were not on the best of terms. And, um, and that ended up causing, especially when you're under the influence of something, it ends up causing yeah. something to be much more extreme than it really is. It exaggerates. Exaggerates times a million. Yeah. And, um, and so him seeing his brother and his brother saying the things that he had said um, to him made him feel very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. to the point of wanting to leave and then um it just you know the situation was was really really i probably said too much and i apologize but like um you know i just feel like it got it got really crazy you it know got off I mean? the rails really fast really fast yeah. and there was no way of pulling back um and like i said that day he we drove up and he was very sad like yeah. he was very very extremely sad um Wait, what day was this? The, 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 that same day you saw us. It just, okay. Well, I guess into the next morning. Okay. So it was around like six. So the sun is up now. You all went to Trunks. That's over. You went to After Hours. He had that run-in with whoever. And, and they home. they got into it. And then you all went home. And, and then he I was, said I had to work. I had to actually do a photo shoot that morning at 7 a.m. Okay. And, um, and you were out till 6? Mm-hmm. And oh, I, team, no sleep. Yeah, I said to him, I was like, hey, like, can you please wake me up? in 30 minutes because I knew that he was going to stay up because he was actually having a style in Vogue okay, at that time. Okay, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Why would you even tease yourself with 30 minute, a 30 minute power nap? Oh, because I hadn't slept at all. And I would reason, do the same thing. The only reason why I was out I that long stayed was up. because I, I had a disconnection issue. Like, I just felt like I needed to be around Michael at all times and he felt okay. like he needed to be around, around me at all times. So, Instead of me so going home to sleep, off each other. oh my God, it was like such a, I didn't realize it until later, but it was such an unhealthy yeah. situation of being attached for so long. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so when I went to sleep for 30 minutes, in that 30 minutes, I had the worst dream ever. Like, Oof. I remember waking up and feeling like, uh, not feeling like I was on a plane, the, 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 the door like flew open mm. and I was holding onto the door as the door was like flying down to the ground mm. and i remember hitting the ground and then waking up and i was just bawling crying and he was like what's wrong like i, I freaked him out a little bit he was like what's wrong what's wrong and i was like yo i just had a dream i died and all i could do was cry because i felt it and he said oh you're gonna have the biggest heartbreak of your life and i was like what that wasn't a response that i wouldn't like i was expecting okay. from getting up from having mm-hmm. a bad dream and then he was and i was like what are you talking about did you cheat on me that's, that's what you think. That was right. my immediate response. That's, seriously, yeah. that's, if my partner uh, didn't offer, uh, what is it, comforting context. words right. <laughs> or context right. after making a comment like that, I'm like, I would. that would be my knee jerk too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like. Um, Are they in the living room? Like, what's, what is yeah, this? Like, what's Are happening? you about to tell me? Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what I. And or do you have some bad news unrelated to our relationship facts. that you have mm-hmm. to tell me? Right. Yeah. And so I went to that first. And then after that, he ended up saying like, no, and he gave me a hug. And then he, uh, he drove me to the photo shoot, which was around the corner down on 7th Street. And, um, and then he, he just kept like, I felt it. And him and I had a conversation where he was like, um. Uh, you know, I will always love you. You would always love blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Just like being, 
very vague, it. but very. I felt I felt or... something wasn't right, but in my mind, because him and I have gone through people who know us, yeah, know that him and I have gone through uh, some ups and downs as I mean, far five as years, coaster, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially during that last those last four or five months, you know what I mean? It was a, mm-hmm. it was a very rough time, and um, and like him that day, just something wasn't right, and mm-hmm. I couldn't put my finger on it. I couldn't really like. I definitely didn't think, oh, he's gonna go home and kill himself. You know yeah, what I mean? I yeah. definitely didn't. I definitely didn't do that because that was the case. I would. I wouldn't have gone to the shoot. But um, but when he walked, when he drove away, like in my mind, I thought he would go home, go to sleep, wake back up, sleep we, it off. We would go to mm-hmm. everyday people, and then we would just have another argument in that night, like we yeah, always okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Right, but it didn't it didn't happen that way at all. Because a lot of the times when you have uh, emotions like that, like when you have something that may trigger you or send you into a bad mood, sometimes really all you need is a nap. And yeah. he, when you were asleep for those th- those thirty minutes, he was awake. He was awake the yeah. whole time, rubbing my back. Yeah, so he might have needed a. That, that's what I would have thought. Oh, like he he's definitely sleep he, it off. He had been up way much longer than I had been up because he he was uh, like I said, styling in Vogue during that time, and they were on tour, so he, they were doing custom looks. Yeah, oh, and yes. with custom looks, you got to go. You got to yeah. Styling work. for the stylists out there, y'all. Shout out to y'all who have the hardest job in the world and are not giving credit to. Um, but you have to manage a lot of people and do a lot of things to hand beaded sequins and stuff that might Oof. fall off. You gotta. No. I was just reading. Speaking of in vogue, I was just uh, watching Mary Wilson, who's one third of the Supreme. She was promoting a, a book, like a, a, a coffee table mm-hmm. book, and she was explaining how intricate and elaborate a lot of their custom pieces were uh, with the Supremes, with the hand beading. Well, yeah, but and, you know, and then artists themselves, you know, they they have a lot of oh, yeah, demands and needs. Demands and needs, and they'll you. You'll go out and do some work, and then they'll come back and say, "I don't really care about the work you've done. I want this." You know what right. I mean? Ooh. And even though I told you I wanted this, I still want this now. Right. And it's like that's why I said shout out to the stylists out there because you guys are not taking into consideration, nor yeah. do people know the BTS that goes behind mm-hmm. styling. I mean, the artists. whole team. I've heard horror stories from makeup, hair, all of it, style, yeah, all of it, and they all work very closely together: hair, makeup, and styling. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's one, it's one big BTS thing that people think, oh, this, the artist is walking the carpet great. They look great. No, this is a production. This is like you don't I'm, know that this person woke yeah, up in a funky mood. The well, no, there's people, there's people right. out here dying for it. You know yeah. what I mean? There's people out here who. So, who so are crying, going home stressed. So mm-hmm. you were at the photo shoot, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, like you said, he had been up because he was stuck. Like you all had been days. partying four or five days. He was up with for five no days. Mm-hmm. He would he would literally start talking to himself. How like I mean, I would imagine that you'd yeah. hallucinate after four yeah, or five days was, with no sleep. He was sleep. definitely like out of it for sure. Okay, so okay, and with the help of you know of of, of little uppers and stuff like yeah, that to keep yeah, up. Yeah. And, now Listen. was it that he had issues sleeping or No, he just had so much he had he had a much bigger workload than yeah, he could he take working. on himself. Okay. Mm-hmm. And even that I could take on because I was I was styling with him yeah. at that time and it was just like Listen, the hustle is real out here. Mm-hmm. So Listen, I get it. And it it's like we had probably like five different carpets to do at one time and it was Oof. so many boxes coming in of stuff and I I remember uh there was one particular set of women who had clothing that was taken. And so that was really stressing him out oh because it was gosh. thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of stuff that went missing. Oh. And, you know, the label wasn't trying to help with the situation. Neither was the manager at that time. And so he had a lot of pressure on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was like, it wasn't fair. And one day there will be like these groups out there who, you know, yeah. who give people NDAs because they can't really talk about certain stuff. 
there is going to be a point in time where people have to understand that those people need to really take ownership for the way that they make people feel and the things yeah. that they do and how they treat people. Like, understand all these celebrities out here. Um, you guys need to treat your team right. Like, yeah. treat mm-hmm. your team right. Understand that they they have a family too. Do unto others. Yeah. yeah. You, so, you got to treat your team right. So just redirecting to uh, yeah. the initial point that you were making. You were at the photo shoot and then he went home and then what? And then um, he ended up shooting me a text. Well, actually, he called me letting me know uh, not to wake him up. Okay. Um, because he was going to go to sleep and not to worry about it. Um, but then he, like, called me again and was like, you know, make sure you don't pick me – make sure you don't call me. Okay. Like, make sure you don't call me because, um, you know, respect me. I want to go to bed. Um, and I didn't – like I said, I didn't think anything of it because we were supposed to go to Everyday People. That was on a Sunday. Right. And, um, and I even texted him – I even texted him that day and I said, uh, you know, I know you're probably still sleeping. Mm-hmm. And um, and let me see what my last text message to him was. See, it was like, hey, wanted to check in before my phone died. I'm at the office. Everything good. And I said, hey, you still sleeping? Yeah. That was the last message that I sent to him. Mm-hmm. I see. Um, yeah. And he didn't respond. And so he was like, um, I was supposed to call him at eight o'clock, which I did. And he didn't respond again. I didn't think nothing of it either. And then when he shot, when I looked at my email is when I had seen what okay. he had done. Cause he had said goodbye. Um, wow. And all I could do is run at that, at that time. Like all I could do is run. Cause his office was like literally down the street from where my shoot was. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And at that point he was already, they said he had already been dead for 45 minutes. Really? Mm-hmm. So sorry. Um, I never heard that story from the the horse's mouth, so to speak. (laughs) Uh, I just remember, you know, the entire community was mourning because a lot of people know you all. And like I said, you both were in my uh, my own house, you know, Uh, for game night. I knew uh, him. I knew know you. And it just I think that when that news broke, it was jarring. It was a shock to everybody who knows you, too. A, a huge shock and what a huge loss no, a huge you know loss. like honestly to this it completely changed my life like i'm talking about yeah, from I'm sure. yeah so you went through a bout of depression and you picked yourself up through your music how long or i mean well i know depression is subjective child because let me tell you i could we could go into a whole other episode about depression mm-hmm. but how long between that happening and you returning to your roots of music and picking up a pen and and writing more and recording more how long did it take you to get back to feeling somewhat like yourself i didn't feel like myself until like more so recently like a couple months ago but as far as like getting back to work it took me like 30 days to be honest because i remember like 30 days of just being stuck not even thinking that i could live because i try to commit my i try to commit suicide like three times after that oh, and i was wow. just constantly people were just watching i'm over glad me. i'm glad you're, you're yeah. here thank you i appreciate that and i don't even i would never even consider suicide again in my life i don't look at it the same it was yeah. but you're in a spot you're yeah um but vulnerable. i definitely was a very very low spot in my mm-hmm. life and yeah. um and it was the scariest the scariest thing that I've ever experienced with again, I didn't, I didn't grow up that way. I didn't grow up with the whole suicide situation. So I wasn't something that I was accustomed to, Yeah. but it was something that I felt I, that pain I couldn't resist. So it was like, I didn't want to be here, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But, um, it took me like 30 Immeasurable days. Immeasurable pain. Immeasurable oh, that, that pain. pain, I wouldn't wish it on, on my worst enemy. I wouldn't even wish it on an animal. Like, to be yeah. honest with you, it's like, yeah. it's so, un, you can't even describe how that makes somebody feel when you're with somebody every single day of your life. Yeah. 
like literally every second and then for them to one just the breakup of it all you yeah know what i mean when you know what you go when you break up with someone but then to feel like you can't even talk to them you can't connect with them you can't there's nothing you can do at all it's just like yeah, blank space you, yeah mm-hmm. and you're just having to deal with it no options right on your own well, and I want to. I'd like to shift gears, yeah. <laughs> and well, for one, I I want to thank you again for walking us through that and sharing yeah, your story. You. You're thank so you. strong. You you are no thank you for incredible. Yeah, story. and I never heard that story. And actually, I I knew Michael from before, and that's actually how I met you. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I remember when he did pass, I went go through old messages. I remember like talking about him being a stylist from like 2011. Yeah, and like him kind of pursuing something. So he actually made it. He made his goals. Yeah, um, that's why come to reality. He, so. he's a, he was an inspiration to me, you know, mm-hmm. watching him yeah. go out and make sure his dreams were were at 100. That was his thing, you know? Yeah. So he's definitely an inspiration. And for those out there, like, me and Michael, like, we were such a loving relationship, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, even I know a lot of the times I highlight uh, those last two months of him and I going through it. Yeah. A lot of the times when I talk, but um, and to clear up that to people who write me sometimes, you know what I mean? I, him and I probably was the most love that I've ever experienced in my life. So. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He showed me what love really yeah. is. Ooh. Well, like I said, to switch gears. Yeah. <laughs> you is uh, is your music available on any streaming platform? So it's going to be av- on November. It's going to be available everywhere. Now, face to face, it's getting taken down because I don't want it there anymore. So don't go <laughs> looking. Don't go <laughs> looking. That's your first single, right? right. When you yeah. were with the, that? because I with Kemp I Pyre. love that. Yeah, I love that song so much that I want to re. Introdu- Re- reintroduce it in a different way. You know okay, what I mean? so we can look what out for a you. Remix? We can look out for you in November. November, and the album is called. This year. The album is called Alien Six Six. Alien Six Six, and it's named Six Six because your birthday is June Six. You a full six. blown damn Gemini. A Gemini in the Kiss oh, and Tell no. Radio. <laughs> well, again, Tyler, we want to thank you for sharing your journey with thank us, you your musical journey. Thank you for sliding on by the Kiss and Tell Radio. No, I really appreciate yeah. you guys. And Where can we find sh- you online? Uh, TylerJacobMusic.com at TylerJacobMusic across all of the social platforms. So that's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the same thing. T Y L E R J A C O B M U S I C. All right, and when we're back, KT kudos. Mm-hmm. All right, time for the kiss and tell kudos. This week's KT kudos goes to Patricio Manuel, who is the first professional transgender male boxer in the United States, um, to and one of the newest faces, I should add to be a part of Everlast. We all know Everlast. We've seen their logo, especially on those damn boxing gloves. Right. Um, <laughs> they have a new campaign titled the Be First Campaign. It also features an amputee fighter and an immigrant family, just to name a few. Unfortunately, I don't have their names, but as far as the KT kudos <laughs> for the LGBT spectrum, yes. um, Patricio Manuel, who I should add is fine as hell to me. That Ooh. is a fine man. <laughs> so, um, yes, check him out and congratulations. And Yeah, congratulations for sure. Thank you, mm-hmm. Tyler. Um, and so we're going to get out of here. Jace, well, you can find Jace everywhere at Jace Y'all Barrett. Know where I'm at. You can find me everywhere at Char Says. So, again, Tyler, thank you for your incredible transparency and yeah. coming by to promote your music. Yes. Thank you. Until next When's time. When's the tour? October 20? Oh, October 22nd. Show at the Resident Downtown. T- downtown LA please come out it's going to be major I have we have so many people going to be a part of this show again October 22nd the resident downtown October LA October 22nd mm-hmm. at 7.30 and more details open. will be available on your link socials link in my bio uh, the 
There's, it's free up until the 12th with RSVP, $15 at the door anytime after that. That Come means on, by free. the time you all hear this, you got about another week mm-hmm. to, so RSVP, to RSVP, RSVP for we, the free free. It holds up to 350 people, and we already have very, very close to that. So please, ooh, and I, ooh, please and RSVP. I, ooh, and I, <laughs> all right, guys. I love us for real. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.